Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, he said, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Rada Malaka! Sagapu Parapoli Perials. Imegavos Panda Olimas. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your co-host, Costa, with a C, joined by a co-host, Labro, and our good friend, Costa Dianos, with a K. What's happening, guys? All good, man. All good. Good. Excellent. Good. You know, Very that, good. That, that new intro, it gets me every time when I hear Zelias in particular, like with the swearing, and then Dudu Searense with that beautiful Greek at the end. Wonderful stuff. I hope everybody likes the new intro. But yeah. guys, we're here to talk about transfers, 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 everybody's favourite sport in Greece and around the football world, I would say. Um, very particular circumstances at the moment with with the war in, in Ukraine. It means that players from Russia and Ukraine have uh, the right to rescind their contracts. Um, Kostad Lianos is actually going to tell us by the book what this all actually means for players, foreign players playing in Russia and Ukraine right now. Costa, do you want to clear things up for us? And the well, uh, well, Costa and Labra, as you both know, and as I'm sure uh, are the beloved audience, understand is that the world is uh, going through some uncharted territories right now. And uh, because of that, so is football. Uh, what's What we know is happening right now is that FIFA have deemed that foreign players and coaches working in Russia and Ukraine can suspend their contracts until June 30, 2022, when the situation will be reevaluated. Russian clubs have taken to the Court of Arbitration of Sports, as we know it as CAS, to express their objections. So we're going to talk about some names that Olbiakos could target from the Ukrainian and Russian league. But the fans need to understand that there's a lot of hypotheses going on here. Some of the names could be the kind of players that could join for the playoffs and beyond. Some of them can only join for next season onwards. But there's a lot of hypotheses going on here. Everything can change from tomorrow morning onwards. So please understand that there's a lot of speculation in what you're about to hear from us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to talk about some players that have already been spoken about, written about in the press, Remy Cabella in particular has been more update today on his situation, which we'll get into. So we are going to look at, you know, some players that we've handpicked specifically, and we'll look at, you know, some that you might deem unrealistic, but we are for each player that we talk about, we're going to speak about, is this realistic? Is this unrealistic? How feasible is it? What's their market value, etc.? We'll be going through all of that, sharing the statistics, uh, how they've been doing. So we've, we've really handpicked, I think, 10 players in total. We're going to take you through all of that. And I guess without further ado, we can get right into it. Before that, I see Jimmy Politis is in the house. Jimmy's at home in Athens. He's got covid Galianaros, if you get well soon. I hope you're you're going through it mildly. 
Sparrows from the UK tuning in. Hello, my friends. Uh, big ups. You've been with us for a very long time. Olympiagos Pireos, how's it going, guys? Nice. The to official see you, club friend. is in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby, our friend from the UK as well. Sunderland, if I'm not mistaken. Kirby, ah, thanks very excellent. much. For, thanks very much for tuning in. Excellent. And we're wearing uh, the same appearances in Sunderland. Yes, you're same right. Appearances in Sunderland. Yeah. Red and white. Manos Gate Seven. Our good friend Manos as well. Welcome. <laughs> All right, let's get this show well and truly on the road. So, Remy Cabella has been in the press for a while now. He's been in our lives. We know he's a good friend of Yanem Villa, uh, our defensive midfielder. They played together at Saint Etienne. Remy Cabella is also from Corsica. So is Francois Modesto. So. It looks like, you know, this story is uh, an embroadening of the French connection at the club, let's say. And there's been a lot of talk, a lot of rumours. I even mentioned on the show on Sunday that we have some exclusive information that this is very much close to done deal and that it will take something special to uh, to break this transfer or not for this transfer, not to go through now the greek press were sort of playing that down that olibiakos official olibiakos was saying you know he's asking a lot of money it's difficult they would they this is a known tactic i have to say we saw it with manolas as well and oh, i think God, yes. they, they do that to manage expectations i think and i fully they're so bad at it though there's like <laughs> They're so bad. They're so bad. It's not a strong. But like team. when they play, but when they play something down, you know something's happening. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Right. And today it kind of escalated even more because Remy Cabella spoke to the French press and not any old French press. He spoke to L'Equipe, L'Equipe, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sports yeah. daily in France. And he made the following comments as part of the interview. He says. There are discussions with Olympiacos. It's true. It's a great club. C'est un beau club, he said in, in French, which fights for the title and wants to be in the Champions League every year. Furthermore, Jan M. Villa is there. We're very close. I really enjoy playing with him at Saint-Étienne. It's a club that interests me, Olympiacos, but I also have some other offers as well. I'm going to decide in the coming days is what he said. And let me just add a few things there because we hear a lot in the in the Greek press, again, he has offers from MLS in the US, uh, the UAE, Qatar, Saudi, etc., petrol dollars. He said very specifically in this interview that he gave that he wants to stay in Europe. Now, as far as we know, Saint-Étienne was in the running, but Saint-Étienne is in dire straits they're fighting for salvation mm -hmm. shambles as our friend marshall says <laughs> they are fighting relegation last season this season too does he really want to go back to that kind of situation i guess not montpellier also in the running apparently but again it's not mm -hmm. a club that's fighting for europe uh, yeah. so also, I someone threw a glass bottle at Youssef Al-Arabi in Montpellier. 
Does he want to live in a city like that where someone throws a bottle at you and then you get charged for beating the kid up? That's <laughs> the bottle. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just have to drop that, you know, free my boy, Yusev. But yeah, continue. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, guys. Like, do you guys have anything to add on this Cabea situation? I mean, I, I can I can read out his numbers real quick. He's got 16 appearances. Yeah. yeah, 16 appearances in the Russian League. Four goals, six assists. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, I will say one more thing, that he hasn't played since November 29th. Uh, I guess that's the case for a lot of players in, in the Russian League uh, because of the situation. So, you know, we're talking about a player who also apparently he's, he's not looking for a short-term move. This is a player that is a free agent irrespective of the situation in Ukraine, the war, the invasion, and everything that's happened, this is a player that, you know, at the end of our season, June, July, his contract was up with Krasnodar. And he was going to leave. He hadn't agreed anything with Krasnodar for an extension. So he's not a player that is looking for a two-month stint and then, you know, his, his situation will be, up, will be in the air again. He's a free agent. Um, he earns 3 million euro reportedly at Krasnodar. That was his, his wage. I believe in his French interview, he said that he, he'd also be willing to take a pay cut to, to, to stay in Europe. So that's pretty much in a nutshell what we've got on, on Cabela. So I don't know if you guys have any more snippets or anything to add thoughts on, on Cabela. Well, I mean, he mainly plays an attacking midfielder where Olbiakos are pretty full with Fortunis and Jao Carvalho right now. Olbiakos are getting quite a lot from Carvalho. So he can only, the, the more, most realistic uh, expectation is that he's going to play on the wings. Someone on the comments mentioned the, that Olbiakos need the new Daniel Podense. Well, you know, Cabela, he, he would be a great favorite to fill in that uh, position. Former Newcastle player, 34 appearances across all competitions for the Magpies. So some Premier League experience there, which is always a great thing for a Greek team. And a former France international with four caps for Le Tricolor. Yeah, I remember at Newcastle, he he played more on the wing. But yeah. Newcastle is such a strange club, though. Like, I mean, under, was it Mike Ashley? It was really just, not even up and down. It was just quite shambolic the last it was kind just of down. Day. It was just yeah. always down, wasn't it? Like, no, yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I'd compare him to Padense, like speaking to um, no. speaking to French football experts as well, and and our friends Marshall and Biakos France. Everyone seems to concur that this is really a player that can bring most value at the ten, not so much on the wings. But no. that is an issue that you've got Fortunis no. there. Fortunis's contract, by the way, ends in twenty twenty three, and then you've got uh, Carvalho, who we just signed. On a long-term yeah. deal, so how do you fit him in? Like, it's a yeah. question. Carvalho was never going to be the starting ten of Olympiacos, was he? Like he was a transfer because Olympiacos couldn't create a goal for a year and a half. So they're like, "Oh, let's try Carvalho. Maybe he could create a goal." I think I mean, it's more he... Valbuena is being moved aside, and uh, Fortunis. You have no idea what he gets. So there you go. You have Jao Carvalho. You have Remy Cabea. But I thought I, I really think he was going to come this summer, regardless of 
the war situation. I think this is just fast forwarded a bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think he would be a good addition. I think he's a quality player. I think he's quite good. But I will say there's a few red flags. One, injuries. Two, he has a horrific haircut. Three, he has <laughs> terrible tattoos. It's just... It's okay, really so bad. injuries, injuries then. No, but so the injuries are a major concern, but also someone who decides to highlight their hair in 2022 and gel okay, it up like I that. Think... It's just, I don't know. I have to question them. I'm sorry. I It was the elephant in the room. Only one person answers these questions. If you're highlighting your hair and spiking it up in 2022... Okay, Daniel know, LaRusso, maybe... no need. Don't don't give us don't, no, kick, don't, don't kick our sorry. heads off. No need to kick but our maybe, heads off. Look, how about this? Relax, if Remy Cabea if Remy Cabea brings Olympiacos to the Champions League, as he said in the interview, I'll freaking highlight my hair and gel it or spike it, whatever the hell he does. But no careful, tattoos. careful, people are listening. People are listening. Yeah, forget that everyone. But yeah, <laughs> these yeah. are real concerns, people. Real concerns. But yeah. Um, Incidentally, another thing that's linking the club with Cabea is, you know, we played Krasnodar a couple of years ago yeah. and he started that game at home that we won 4-0. I was there, yeah. It, yeah, it, it didn't go I, well for him. We don't it didn't go well for him, but I tell you what, every time he got the ball at his feet... He looked good, yeah, was, for 30 it minutes. Was danger. It was danger. Yeah. It was real danger every time he got the ball. And that's where he got his ACL injury, um, which was unfortunate for him. But he looks to have got got past it, still producing good numbers from what it seems. Mm. But it's just risky, man. He's 32 years old. He has an ACL injury. He's not very strong, too. You know, he's light. He's more fortunis. He's more delicate. You know what I mean? Like, I think Fortunis has got more muscle than him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the situation. I, I I would be happy if he came, but is Remy Cabea really worth like over two million euros paying him? It seems, and you know what I mean. Maybe he will be a very good player, but does Remy Cabea take you to the next step? Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just like, you know what I mean. I'm just a bit kind of. Well, Olympiacos do need some firepower. And the they need a 10. They need they... a 10. So maybe Remy Cabea is the, the 10, guys. I don't know. I think they need more of a firepower, more of a firepower down the wings because uh, the best winger they have right now is Masuras, although I do think we haven't seen a lot from Gary Rodriguez because of um, the fact that he came in late. Uh, he had a few nigg niggles as well. Uh, but I do think that that's the plan with uh, with Cabela. Obviously, in Greece, you know, you cannot, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Really, Cabela, in my opinion, is way more than any Greek team at present could realistically get. In my opinion, I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be exciting, promising. All right, guys, what do you think is the likelihood this transfer is going through uh, from zero to one hundred? Uh, Costa, what do you think? One hundred. Wow. Um, uh, I guess I think I'd give it a 75 if it's down to 100. I'd give it a 75 75% chance, yeah. Lablo, mm. yeah, it just makes too much sense. Like, cringy gel hair, his French buddies <laughs> are here. Um, he just thinks I, I'll, I'll put a comment here, Costa. You know who that is, Costa with the K. Do you know who that is? 
are you know French contingent? Anyway, he's French. He fits in. Maybe they'll all open a restaurant, a French restaurant. I, I, I give it 75% chance. I think he just like the lifestyle he'll enjoy on the beach. I, I think it, I think it works well for him. I, Nothing to do with football. It's all it's all about lifestyle. Gel. Yeah, no, the guy blonde, blonde tip tie. I just I really don't judge people by their looks, but God damn it, Remy Cabea, you let me down. Like I, it's like don't judge the book by its cover, and then you see Remy Cabea, and you're like, God damn it, what is this guy? But maybe that's French culture. I don't know. I don't know. But what are you saying about the French people? Don't generalize. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not I'm saying anything you. about French people. Anyway, I love French people. Careful. People are listening. People are yeah. listening. So, uh, I give it 75% chance. Remy Cabea comes totally fiacos. That's it. All right. But how old are we going to be? Like, okay. Uh, anyway, keep going. But let me. <laughs> okay. 32 years of age, just for the record. But something we didn't mention that we may have mentioned on a previous show, guys. There's this whole discussion about Valbuena. Should he really be extending his contract? Valbuena's on not not on peanuts at Olympiacos. So I think this is a for me, it's a perfect replacement. He's a player that can play everywhere behind the striker, best as a 10, but can play the other positions respectfully and can give the team something as a playmaker. For me, uh, I'm gonna go above 75% and say there's an 85% chance this deal goes through. Nice. And with that, we move on to the next one, which is Victor Klassen, another one that's been in and out of the press recently. Labro, <laughs> yeah. what you got? V- Victor Klassen, let's first off s- stop the French slander. We're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do that anymore. It's over. <laughs> but moving on, um, Victor Klassen, the Swedish international linked to Pauk this summer. He's quite big. He's like 6'1". I think he's like 185 centimeters. Uh, don't worry. There's a lot of Brazilians on the list. They're coming. We're not um, getting Malcolm. We should like we said like realistic and unrealistic targets. But that one's like we're not. We're not talking about player, David Neres either. Or Dodo. We're, we're not talking about Dodo. Chill. Chill, guys. Like anyway, Victor Klassen. <laughs> Another one. Klassen is the Swedish Brazilian wonder kid. Now, Victor Klassen is 30 years old, going on 31 years old in January. Um, yeah, he's a winger. He has a great uh, scoring record. He's played most, a lot of games for Krasnodar, hit 114. Of course, a starter, as I mentioned, for the Swedish national team. Pauk were sniffing him. And I think they were told to. About 5 million euros when they went in for him this summer. I think that's right. So he's interesting because he's more, he's not, I don't know what type of player exactly he is. We made this list. I don't watch Russian football. I don't think the rest of us do either. But um, he seems interesting player. He grew up in Sweden and then he went off to Krasnodar for a move and seemingly liked life there. I know he's been linked to bigger teams of course, bigger than Pauk. Um, but now he's linked with Olympiacos. I'm surprised Pauk isn't looking at him, but maybe there's some financial problems given the situation. But I don't know. I don't know. He seems interesting. He seems another experienced player, like 31 years old. I was thinking of it, our attackers, Gary Rodriguez, 31 years old, uh, El Arabi, 35, Abuena, 38, Tequino, 31, 32, Remy Cabea is going to be 32, 
going back, it doesn't get much better. You get Jan Amvia, who's entering his 30s, 31. You have Socrates, you have so you have Socrates, you have Manulas entering in their 30s. And then you have Kenny Lala, who's 30, I think, as well. It's uh, it's an old team. Like, so we're gonna take in another older winger, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. He seems decent though. I would just like to add that according to Gazeta in Greece, uh Klaison is more of a is more fee is is more of a feasible purchase than Cabela right now. They didn't really go into detail, they didn't really explain uh why that is. That's the story I found in there. But yeah, basically Klaison and Cabela are the likeliest uh players Olympiacos could bring from Russia at this uh at this moment in time. And definitely Olympiacos are going to sign a winger and they're gonna go for something. Big. I don't know if that means name-wise or just talent or both, but they're gonna. They do. Need, they do want some firepower at, uh, on the wings after the last shambolic uh, summer transfer window. There's a comment here from our good friend Erythrodovki Mastura, Pusharefila. Um, says he looks like Masura's type of player, not very skillful. I think he's very tidy. What I remember from the the Sweden games that we had with the national team, that's the most recent kind of um, you know game that we that I've seen him play live. So he looks like that kind of player that's very tactically aware. He's a player that plays a seven all the time. You know, he has a, a level and he doesn't go below it. He just gives me that kind of vibe. He's not a player that will get the ball and, you know, the, the stadium will be on its feet and he'll be waiting for a nutmeg and then, you know, running at the player. So, guy, yeah, he's not David Neres, he's not Brazilian, he's not Latino, but he does the simple things well. He knows how to play football. He has that Scandinavian education. He's he's a professional. We've done well with Swedish players, haven't we? I mean, Olaf Melberg in the past, Par Zetterberg, those are the two that I can remember now off the top of my head. Both very good memories and generally Scandinavian players with us, they've done well by Omar, the most recent example. So it's not it's not a marquee signing, you know. I think Cabea's got a bigger name than him. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it really fits. I, I do agree with that comment in a sense that he does give me Masura's vibes. And I do think, you know, I would like to see somebody that can run at people. So that's what Padense had. That's what Padense gave to the team. And even when we were stuck, like, you know, when we weren't playing well, as we're not playing well now, you knew that you had a player on the team like Padense and you could give the ball out to the wing and he could do something to change a game, you know, to, to give spark. I don't know, like Masura's not that kind of player. I don't think Klassen's that kind of player either. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really light my fire as a as a potential transfer. But, you know, who's to say Masuras doesn't leave this summer, by the way? The clubs, plenty of clubs, I think, looking at him, his valuation's very high. Now's probably the time to sell. So could he be a player to come in to replace him? I'm throwing that out there. Well, I, uh, Masuras has been linked with uh, with an exit. I, like I said, Olbiakos really need to add in there, but they will need to make some space and be preferable if someone was sold. Henry Onyekuru, uh, 
attracted interest from Turkey, despite his shambolic uh, debut season at Olympiacos. He definitely needs to leave. He cannot stay at this team. There's still Gary Rodriguez, who, to, with whom I don't, I haven't given up yet. I'm not giving up on Gary Rodriguez. Basically, the best wingers Olympiacos have are Masuras and Rodriguez. But when it comes to, to quality, personally, I'm more of a substance kind of guy. I hear what you're saying. Uh, we're all missing a, a, a Galetti type of player, a Kevin Miralas type of player. But still, I mean, I think I, <laughs> I, I think when it comes to it, at the end, substance always beats quality. It's always great to have quality and substance, but this is the Greek league, so. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Labro, what, what do you think, man? Like, I mean, f- for me, it's... It's nice to have different kind of skill set, you know. Really, we don't. Besides Gary, we don't have anybody that can run at defenders and keep the ball at his feet and do something meaningful. Like, because okay, let's not talk about Henry on your Kuru. Let's not yeah. let's not open that can of worms. But yeah, like again, like could you imagine a team where you have Masuras on one wing and Klassen on the other? Yeah, maybe it would work, but it doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's it's just like I don't know. It it seems like throw it on the wall and hope it sticks. Like a lot of the winger transfers in the past three years or so. So I don't know. I I have more faith in a Victor Klassen than I do in Henry Onyekuru. There's something about the Turkish league players that are just shit show. Like you guys were saying, like the guy Krasnodar, as you know is like a pretty well-run club. Do you guys remember their state-of-the-art stadium? They have a fantastic training facility. It was kind of like one of those new oligarch-built clubs, and they seem to be doing pretty well for themselves. I or were doing so well for themselves. But I um, I don't know. I think the guy would be decent, but it's nothing like, you know, blowing the... It's not wow. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. a lot of signing. No. But... But it's weird because I remember when Pauk was going for Klassen in the summer, everyone was saying, this is a big, big signing, this is a bam, blah, blah, blah. But to me, I, I don't know, maybe, we, I, again, we need to ask a Russian about the player, but I I don't know, he seems decent. He gets you like eight, nine goals a season. That's what it was looking like at Krasnodar, and that's the most I think he's done his whole career. Um yeah, it's it's good enough, right? Even uh, in his bet. So what happened? I'm looking um, when he arrived in Russia, 2016, didn't do so well. 2017, 2018, he scored t- 10 goals in the league. 2018, 2019, he scored 12 goals in the league. Had quite a few assists. 2019, 2020, didn't play at all. So I'm assuming he had a bad injury. I'd have to look. And then post whatever reason he didn't play in 2019, 2020, the the statistics have dropped. I'm no Adi here, but he's not been scoring at the rate he was scoring before, not assisting at the same rate. I don't know what may have happened to him. Yeah, he was out for 14 months, I read, with a serious knee injury. 15 months. So Maybe he just needs that good old Glifada, you know, yeah. sun and uh, wind from the sea to warm his soul and heart and get him playing good football and banging the goals in again. Yeah. I don't know. We'll so we'll see. I, I I think it would be a decent signing, and he's a European, of course. So it's good for the match squad. It's easier for Europe. It's he's a good player to have. Again, it's how much are you going to pay him? Let's say you ship off Henry Onyekuru and give him the money Henry Onyekuru makes. That's fine. 
that's good. So, but he's again a player you're not going to sell. Victor Klassen is 30, going on 31, going into next season. You're not going to make a profit on Victor Klassen. So it's kind of like, what is the point of some of these signings? You're just signing them for what? So they play and do what? You know, improve marginally? It makes no sense. I mean, they're free. They're free, I know. But what are we going to do with so many 30-year-olds and 32, 33-year-olds? Like, we have Agibu, but we have Cisse, I know, but. It's a really old team. It's really old team. It's like, I don't know. It's a bit uninspiring. But. No, it's true. The average age is going up dramatically. If you imagine a midfield with yeah, Kabeya at the 10, 32, and Bilal 32. Don't know if Madi Kamara is going to be there. Don't know if Agibu Kamara is going to be there. Andres Buhalakis is re reaching 29, 30 years old soon as yeah. well. Like he's not young anymore yeah. as well. So yeah. So no, it's it's an issue. And okay, everyone's going crazy on the chat now. It's like, are you gonna talk about Solomon? Are you gonna talk about Triore? I'm assuming you're talking about Lucina Triore, the I think the former Ajax striker. Um we might get to Manuel Solomon at the end. Truth be told, I I only heard about Manuel Solomon a week or two ago when the, when all this started. So he's a player, he's a winger, yeah, plays with yeah. both feet, is really young. 22 years old. But uh, I just had a look on him. I, honestly, I had to, uh, I had to uh, check him last minute pretty much because uh, I heard him pretty late. I heard about him pretty late. Uh, yeah. According to his transfer market, he, he he commands a release clause of 18 million euros. And of course, he's leaving Ukraine. He's leaving. Uh, he, he just left Ukraine. Uh, and the chance of him staying at Shakhtar, I cannot see that happening with all hell breaking loose in Ukraine. But I, I would be very surprised if a player like that opted for the Greek champions and no one else tried to sign him during the upcoming summer transfer window, especially with Barcelona now uh, paying attention to free agents with Pierre-Emerico Bameyang, Andreas Christensen, Cesar Aspilicueta, Frank Kessien now. They're looking at free agents. They're not going for... They're gonna, they have that Spotify deal, but still, the financial issues are still there. So I'd be very surprised if a player like that actually went to Olympiacos. I'm not going to lie. We do have some unrealistic prospects. And uh, yeah, well, my, my two cents on Solomon, that's it, really. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. He would... He, he would work perfectly at Olympiacos. Olympiacos should have a look. I'm sure that would be a good idea, but I, I, I reckon that could command a uh, transfer war right there over him. I don't think that one's realistic. I'm just going to say yeah. like there's a there's a 2% chance that one will happen or even... Can, can I throw out a hot take as well? I like I, I didn't want to like say so much about the Ukrainian players because I just feel bad taking them from... And also... When if and hopefully when, hopefully sooner rather than later, this conflict resolves itself, those players you give right back to them. There's no way you say no, Solomon's ours now. You know what I mean? Like, let's say this war ends in a month and Shakhtar Donetsk says, Hey, we need Solomon back. That's our player. Is Olympiakos really going to fight? Like, are other teams really going to fight with a war torn country for their players? You know what I mean? I just feel a bit bad. Like, that's going to put us in a situation where we're going to have to argue with a country and with a 
people who've just gone through war for their star players and all their assets. It's just See, far definitely. I give, it makes me feel like this. icky, like a bit gross. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense of it? FIFA it will feels... get involved a lot in this. They will. I, yeah. I, I, like even with Podence, we have the in. whole, how much are we going to pay for him? It's bullshit. He left. He shouldn't have left. But you know what I mean? So now imagine what's going to happen now. I'm sure. I'm sure the Ukrainian um, clubs will want their assets. And Shakhtar Donetsk, for one thing, academy that's produced a ton of huge Brazilians. William Marlos, I remember, is still playing for Shakhtar Donetsk. Maybe just left. He was he turned into a Ukrainian. Produced uh, is a strong but, word. But no, they bring them in. What they do is, and they house them. And I would say they produce them. They bring them in very young. They... Hmm. They do some like David Neres, for example, is not really produced, but a lot of those guys got brought to to Ukraine very young, and a lot of them have Ukrainian passports actually as well. So, what FIFA will get in it, players will go to FIFA asking for their contracts to be uh to be terminated. It, I'm afraid it's but it's it very just seems so wrong. Does that make sense? Like, it, that's it why is, I kind of kept it, it to the Russian market because it's kind of like okay, it's that's. Maybe that shows my inclination. So, so Clyson, how likely is it? I give it 50%. Actually, 50 is a bit strong. I'm going to say 35. I'll say 35%. I'm on 50. Like 50, 45%. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I think I'm on a 55 there. I'm going to give it a 55 there. Okay. So we're a bit more conservative then on class yeah. than we are on Cabello. Yeah, and we spent most of the time on these two because these are our top ones. So now we're going to the ones that aren't really in the papers. But yeah. so, but, but actually, Spados oh, is saying, please. did you hear who Ike singed? I think you mean. <laughs> and actually, that was going to be our next one, which is Grzegorz Krzykowiak and Costa. Take it away. So, yes, Gregor Krikoviak has been on the news uh, in Greece a lot. Uh, he just joined Ajax until the end of the season, basically for the playoffs. He is still part of Krasnodar, unlike uh, Kabela and Klaison that we just talked of, talked about. Uh, and he has a contract with Krasnodar until 2024. But Krikoviak wants to end his deal with the Russian outfit and has ordered his representatives to make it happen by all means. However, the versatile midfielder doesn't come cheap as he's being earmarked for a minimum wage of one and a half to 1.8 million euros per year. He's 32 years old, which means he's still, he still has productive years left in him. And he's happy in Athens. He's already pretty excited to, um, to be in, in Greece. Uh, however, how keen could he be to play in the Europa Conference League with Ike? And how interested would he be in the Champions League or Europa League? Worst case scenario. That move would make more sense if Madika Mara leaves in the summer, which is in no way impossible and unlikely. But then again, Olympiakos midfield would lack some youth. And we went, we, we mentioned that before. It'd be Bukalakis and Envila, and they're all in their 30s. Nevertheless, his quality and experience are undeniable with 90 appearances at Sevilla and a stint at Paris Saint-Germain. If he managed to show something during his short stint at Aik and Olympiakos lose both Madi as well as Agibu Kamara, then I guess they should consider him, especially if, you know, there's no other options, really. And remember, Olympiacos have to move fast because they, uh, they got the qualifiers for the Champions League and they'll barely have any, any time off to prepare or to rest. Uh, he's not as esteemed as he used to be during his two-year stint at Sevilla before he left for PSG in 2016. But he's still a Poland international with a total of 86 caps. 
and was part of Euro 2020. And it's very likely that he will be part of the qualifiers. And if they make it through to the World Cup, we can expect him to be part of the team and make it to 100, 100 caps. As we said before, Greece cannot really attract the cream of the crop. But I still believe that Krikoviak could turn out to be quite a luxury. He'll definitely be a luxury for Ike, especially if he plays and he fires on all cylinders. But uh, it's basically an addition. If he doesn't show anything for Ike, then no reason to consider him. But if he does, then you know what? Just keep an eye on him. What kind of player is he, Costa? Like, is he he's an eight, like a box-to-box kind of player? Oh, or? isn't he more a slow six? He's not the quickest, right? I've no he's idea. A, he's versatile. He can play as a defensive and as a and as a central uh, midfielder. Mm. Can I don't. I'm not too sure he can play as an attacking midfielder. No. Uh, and no. he can also play a center back. He can also fill yeah, in over there. I, I always thought yeah, of him yeah. as more defensive from what I watched when he played for Sevilla. But it's been a long time. Maybe he plays yeah. further forward. I don't know. But I always per- pictured Krajkowiak as the six. And when I watched Poland play, he seemed to be the deeper midfielder. But yeah, which Ike need, Jesus Christ, the, the worst midfield I've ever seen in my life. Maybe they even play him at center back too. I don't know, but yeah, interesting player. We do agree with that. You comment yeah. below. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Both. Adi Zobanoglu says we need to play Sutlis. For me, he's the only eight that we have in the squad. Mari Kamara, what has happened to you, my friends? Jesus Christ. Yeah. And as as uh, as our co-host Ari said in the player ratings that came out after the, the Aris game, every game we wait to see the old Kamara, every game at the end we wait another week. And it's we so hope. true. Every time he comes on, I'm like, okay, Mari Kamara, he's coming on. Let's see it. And then never does. Mm. But okay, um, I guess we can. Yeah, who's go next? Past, we can go past Krikoviak. Like likelihood, this will happen. Quite it's, low. It's, it depends oh, it's low. on so many factors, guys. So many factors. Isn't, there's no point. I'd say five percent. But let's keep an eye. Keep also, an eye on are you him. really going to bring Krajkoviak in, and when you have Jan and Via, if he's the player, I remember. I just remember him being slow. You know, slow, slow, slow. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't I don't see how he fits. Like if exactly. we're looking if we're looking for a midfield dynamo, like somebody that can really get things moving between the you know Mvila and the ten, just make things tick, run up and down. I don't really think yeah. this is the profile, but still one to keep an eye on, see how he does at Ayak. And you know Olibiakos is always sniffing around when it comes to these kinds of chances even when it's just to stick it to to the other team yeah 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 Yeah. okay let's move on to the next one we've been talking about our wing backs and you know that we should be thinking about wing backs next year oh by that i mean we need fucking wing backs you know how sparingly i swear on the show (laughs) we need we need fucking wing backs I'm just going to accentuate that point. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Labro, tell me about this player. Diego, Diego Lakshalt, as Bume, as they say, uh, is the wing back who used to play for AC Milan. We're going down memory lane here. 
he was bought first by Inter, never played for Inter, but then went to AC Milan, played like one season, never broke through, went to Torino, went to Celtic. Now he's in Dynamo Moscow, but first things first, he was linked to Olympiacos, I think it was not this last summer, but the summer before. Yeah. And he was close. He's the Bam. He's Diego. He's blah blah bullshit. So anyway, Diego is now in Russia after I have no idea what the hell happened to Celtic. Probably not great because they sucked last season. Diego comes out. Diego's a left wing back, more like a left midfielder even, but he's a left back as well. So he's a player who's been linked to Olympiacos. He's a player who's had his contract, I believe, suspended. Um, he was a player who they bought for from AC Milan for 4 million euros. They're paying him 2.5 million euros, which is quite s- steep for a player who's never really done anything in his career, just had a lot of potential. So this is one that I think is actually realistic, given that Olympiacos has been linked to Diego before. They've scouted him. They attempt to bring him in on loan. They attempted to buy him once. Um, he's Uruguayan. He's very quick. I don't know. I don't think he's very capable defensively from what I've read from the past. But he's a Uruguayan international. He has a profile. So that's Diego. You know what I'm thinking about the whole wingback situation. I cannot stop thinking about it. I, I do believe there is some talent in La Line, especially Reabchuk. They have been shocking at Olympiacos. And if they left yeah. Olympiacos, no fans should really feel bad about it. But the thing is... Oscar Cardoso, in my opinion, was not a flop for Olympiacos. And I'll tell you why. Because Oscar Cardoso awoken Brownie Deje. Before Oscar Cardoso's arrival, Deje was shocking. Especially in that game with Aruca, where they basically managed to go through into the uh, Europa League. They almost got eliminated from that. A team called Aroca or Aruca. And Deje was shocking. When Cardoso came in, after incredible stints at Benfica and Trabzonspor where he was scoring one goal every two games and he was seen as the next uh, Kostas Mitroglu, Darko Kovacevic type of player. Yeah. Brownie Dega started firing cylinders. Fiery, firing cylinders. And Olbiaco sold him to China as well. He yeah, made good money. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm thinking is those kind of players, we're going to mention some more wingbacks in this, folks. And you know what? Yeah, they may, maybe, maybe they sound unrealistic. Maybe they sound too old. Maybe they sound oh, you know, past their prime. If one player could come to Olympiacos and wake uh, and spark uh, and spark a fire under at least Olegreabjuk's ass, that's going to be a major success for yeah. Olympiacos because they can still sell him afterwards. Yeah. That's how I'm thinking about the wingbacks right now. Competition. Yes, exactly. Competition in the squad. That's it. They got nothing. They got nothing. Those two, and they're and they're mediocre at best. But, but you know, I've I've given Olegreabjuk. A lot of credit, yeah. Uh, been, yeah. And but I've also given him, it, yeah. but but I've given him a lot of stick since since January, because I think since after Christmas he's been it's just been so hard to watch. Like yeah, uh, and but you saw in the first six months, well, you know, from from not September, I want to say, from June, July, when we started playing, all the way through to December, the improvement, right? his crossing accuracy, yes, it could only get better before getting worse again, which is what's happened. 
But I want to say you saw improvement. We bought a player with potential who, when we spoke to Portuguese journalists, Portuguese friends, they said that this player has more potential than Zaidu. Ah. So mm. I think you're you're bang on, Costa, in saying that if this player has somebody breathing down their neck, you can only get the best out of them. You're not going to do that with an academy prospect that you play Obotodothi Masa. You know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I do think Oleg is very tired. He's been playing non-stop, but he doesn't have any competition. And neither does Lala, by the way. Yeah, uh, Lala like, has less competition. Jesus Christ. No almost, competition, like, nothing. There's no competition. But also, Oleg, I think, would excel in a football team that doesn't have the ball very much. I don't know if you guys agree with that as more defensive left back. But I think Olympiacos has the ball so much it exposes his fragility. But Kenny Lala, like, can we rip up his contract and send him to St. Etienne? That sounds like some good punishment for him. Like, Jesus Christ. You know what? The vibe that I get from Kenny is this point going back to healthy competition. I just see a player that, you know, walks so out of the dressing room. He's so indifferent. Like, no emotion. Yeah. Just like, he, I'm just here. Fuck. Yeah, Ever since the beginning, it's in the same. He doesn't yeah. give a crap. Like, it's you just, crazy. You see the look on his face. is like completely emotionless. Like, is it, are you in the game? Are you yeah, he's feeling like, it? It's nothing. There, yeah, exactly. It's just nothing. This, this, this this vibe of nothingness, like in Greek, we say neosmos. He smells of nothing. Like it doesn't translate into English, but neosmos. It doesn't give me anything. If he had somebody to compete, maybe you'd see some ego, like some character on the pitch. So this is a really like I think it's a huge point you've made, Gosta, on on the need for healthy competition and bringing in players, because. Kenny Lala, I mean, we know that this guy, this was a player that was on the verge of the French national team, for God's but, sake. Kosa, you have to remember, too, Kenny Lala as a player, has, as a person, has never been abroad, has never left France. So he goes abroad for the first time in his life and ends up in Greece. Like, Yeah, I know, but like... <laughs> The guy, if you look at his CV, like, you look, he's played in Paris, he played in... Then in Valenciennes, whatever, but Strasbourg, you know the 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 beautiful France. And um, you saying that he misses the sauerkraut? Like, no, I'm telling you, there's something. It's not football related at this point. It just doesn't feel like it's. It just feels like he's not there. Like there's just something going on. I don't like. I would. You know when footballers retire and they go on like a podcast like ours and they'll you'll say, you guys didn't know, but blah, blah, blah was happening to me. There's something there. Like if he – like when he retires and talks about Olympiacos' time, I swear there will be something where he's like, I felt bad, some shit happened, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Something just feels off with the guy. Because from the highlights I watched too, like before he came, he looked like a very good player. French people say he's a very good player. So I just don't get what happens. but. And he seems like a nice guy too. I don't know. That's what Ari says. Uh, Ari Tobanoglu mm. says he met him at the airport in Frankfurt. A nice guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. But anyway, we don't. I don't care if he's a nice guy when he's on the but pitch. Yeah. I, want, I want him to perform on the pitch. But, but yeah. Anyway, so who's anyway. next for the fullbacks? We have another fullback. 
Who's next in line? The next one we've got Victor Moses. Oh, that's a name everyone knows. That's a name everyone knows. And uh, like we said, guys, you know, uh, th there are no reports linking Olympiacos with Victor Moses, but we are just thinking outside the box because I don't know if I've ever been on the show and I managed to actually tell you how important it is for Olympiacos to sign a wing back. I always forget. Uh, you never talk yeah. about that. Costa. I never talk. I've never mentioned. I always forget. There's never enough time. Generally, so, we don't speak about wingbacks enough and how important they are to our play, especially when we play three <laughs> at the back. We never talk about that. So, Victor Moses, we all know him from his stint in the Premier League. He currently plays for Spartak Moscow with a contract until 2024. He's still 30. He's still only 31 years old, which means he has a lot of good years left in yeah. him, especially for Greece. Nigeria manager Augustine Eguavun, and I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, has been trying to convince him to return to, um, to, to, the, to, to, to the team and rescind his international retirement uh, for, the, for the qualifiers. And he can cover the entire right flank, whether it is in defense, midfield, or attack. But mainly, he can play as a right back or right wing back, a position that Olympiacos are desperately in need of a boost. He spent nine years at Chelsea, but six of them were on loan for the likes of Liverpool, Stoke, West Ham, Fenerbahce, Inter, and Spartak, until he finally joined the Russian outfit on a permanent basis last year. Moses amassed a total of 128 appearances with Chelsea and was instrumental, for everyone who remembers, in the 2016-2017 Premier League winning season under Antonio Conte, when he was established as a starting right wing back and made 34 Premier League appearances, which means he only missed four matches in the Prem. The Nigerian was a major asset in Conte's 3-4-3 formation, more like a 3-4-2-1 formation, but still very close, which is the kind of way Olympiacos manager Pedro Martins loves to play coincidentally. To be honest, if Martins is looking to establish a 3-4-3, then Moses would be an amazing addition, in my opinion. However, if he goes for a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, that will be another story, especially if it is if he suddenly decides to go for a 4-2-3-1. But Moses has amassed six goals and eight assists in 45 appearances across all competitions with Spartak, where he was very critical in the Europa League with one goal and four assists in six matches this season. But if if for some reason Olbiakos decide to look into him, if uh, a lot of things can happen, guys, a lot of things can change. Um, when it comes to Russia, because the Russian teams, the Russian national team cannot play in UEFA or FIFA competitions right now. Does he want to spend the rest of his career playing in Russia? Can things change and Russia return to UEFA and FIFA competitions? Very unlikely. That's a very unlikely scenario. But can a lot of foreign players decide, that, hey, I got some good years left in me and I want to play in Europe? That's much more of a, of a likely scenario, yeah. which means they can go to FIFA and ask for their contracts to be terminated. If that happens, Olympiacos, you know, get on your bike. Yeah. And we should say also Victor Moses played on Sunday for Spartak Moscow against Krasnodar. So, like, it's weird for people who don't follow the situation. Like, FIFA has granted this thing, but not everyone has accepted, per se. You know what I mean? And people who follow the news know it is almost, like, impossible to get out of Russia right now because every single European country has closed off their airspace to Russian flights. So... How exactly do you fly out of Russia at the moment? You drive to the border. Like, I don't know. And we all know how um, 
how things are in Greece, but imagine um, telling your Russian oligarch owner who just paid how many million euros for you that you're ripping up your contract and heading out. That may be a bit scary. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. Um, I think he'd be fantastic. Another interesting one, I just to jump off from Spartak Moscow, is Quincy Promes as well. Um, is a very good player, but um, our Dutch friends will tell us, and I have been reading the Dutch media about this, Quincy Promes is facing jail charges, not just for drug trade and drug trafficking, over 5,000 kilos of cocaine, I think it was, through a Dutch port, but also he attempted to murder his cousin by stabbing him. So um we've done worse with ruben tomato and quincy promise is quite good so he's not facing those charges in greece so let's say bring him in no anyway anyway uh he's the winger we need but no quincy promise yeah but when it comes to victor moses he'd be a luxury for any greek yeah. team at this point we talked about Krikoviak. victor moses would be a luxury over i mean over 200 appearances in total in the premier league yeah. Um, but like I said, it's more of a right wing back kind of thing. I'm not too sure he'd be too good as a right back, which is why I'm, I'm saying like if, if it's a four three three, put him in right, put him on the right side of midfield. If it's a four two three one, then ah, uh, but three four three, Moses is your guy, man. Yeah, and it's uh, they play the three four three in Russia as well with uh, Bromes at one wing, and then uh, I'm looking at the team now. Moses plays out on the wing back position behind him, so. But I don't give a shit. Like, Victor Moses can play right back for Olympiacos. I have to watch Kenny Lala every weekend. My eyes bleed. So he can <laughs> let in 10 goals as long as he puts a nice Cedra. You know what I mean? Like, it's been two years of not seeing shit. So <sighs> It's a nice one, though, uh, Costa. Yeah, nice Victor one. Moses, like, when you mentioned it earlier, I thought, I almost completely forgot about him. He's like one of those players that just dropped off the radar. And when you were, when you were explaining... You know his his background, his history, and everything. I was just thinking to myself, Victor Moses started his career as a centre forward, and I was thinking to myself, who's the manager that turned him into a right back? And just before you said it, I was like, I swear it must have been Antonio Conte. So and yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm really glad that you confirmed my uh, my <laughs> thought there as well. I'm, I'm quite proud of myself. <laughs> but anyway, Victor Moses would be a fantastic signing. I. I I think I agree with Labrador as well. Even if it's in a four at the back formation, it's like yeah, bring him the hell in if you can. But yeah, screw it, man. Screw yeah. it. We've seen much worse defenders. We've seen Arthur Mazuaku, I swear, didn't even know how to defend, and he was a bam at Olympiacos, you know. Like Mazuaku's I don't think doing really well at West Ham, by the way. No, he's a fantastic player, but really... I don't think he knows how to defend like anything, to be honest. And he was fantastic. It just Victor Moses gives me a bit of Jimmy Traore vibes as well. <laughs> the, the, the well, the Barcelona man now. Uh, Kirby says, "Bring back Jose Jolebas in a heartbeat." In a heartbeat, yeah. I was all about keeping him in the summer. Yeah. I was all about keeping me too. him. In the summer. Me too. It would have been. He was great, honestly. He was better. Dare I say, was he better than Oleg? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I don't know at points, but who else do we have here? Let's give Victor Moses. Because yeah. he's still playing there, I'm going to give it like 2% because he's literally, he's not one of those guys who's gotten out of the country yet even. So I'm going to say, yeah, 5%. Whatever, very, very unlikely. 
Well, uh, I'm, I mean, like I said, like this, just, this name just came out of a hat. And the only way Olympiacos would look into him is if he terminated his contract and became a free agent, they wouldn't go and buy him. No, so I exactly. got 2%, 2% and I'm being generous. Let's just say unrealistic then. Yeah. Um, move, on, yeah. move on to the next one. The next one is Kivica Kvarachkelia. I don't know if I pronounced that well. Now this is a bam right here. I, I tried my best. Now, for anyone that doesn't know who this player is, I'm going to remind you that he's the guy that ripped Greece's national team a new asshole when we played against Georgia. So this is a 21-year-old Georgian international that plays his trade at Rubin Kazan. He has a contract that ends June 30th, 2024. Now, we are talking about a Georgian player that plays for a Russian club um, with everything that goes between Russians and Georgians and the current situation. Um, I won't go into it any further. Fantastic player, plays as a left winger, loves running at people, skillful. He's played 18 games this season, two goals, four assists in the Russian league. And I think Ruben has also, uh, they were in the um, well conference qualifiers where they didn't qualify. But still, this is, this is a fantastic player who could potentially become a free agent. Um, I picked him up pure and simple because I would love to see him play. He's that Padense type player. He's that type of player that will get the ball on the wing and the Garay Skaggy will be on their feet. Really is a fantastic prospect at 21. Um, I would, you know, think of it, when I think that we paid four and a half million transfer fee <clears throat> for, for a certain player that I won't mention anymore, then why the hell wouldn't I give a nice two-year contract to a player that I can get for free and then sell him for a massive fee after two seasons, maybe even one, and get the winger that you need? So in that sense, he really does have that Pedense vibe, that opportunity to sign a player for free, give him a good contract, really get that winger in to, to make a difference and then make money from him. This is the kind of player. Yeah. What do you guys I got? think you cover it. I think you covered it all. I, think I you covered it all. In defense of the Greek national team, he was, if I remember correctly, he was doing all those things that you so eloquently put together to Bakakis and Mavrias. Because Andrusos wasn't good enough to come into the for this yeah, game. Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah. That's also, true. he scored this weekend as well. With uh, he scored this weekend, he scored Monday night against FC Rostov. But do we think that Olbiakos could go for him if uh, he still had a contract? Wait, 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 wait. He was linked to the Premier League in the winter. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he it, could. It, uh, yeah, it is a player that should be aiming higher. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I spoke about Solomon before, how unlikely this is. Um, but if Olympiakos managed to do a Podense type of thing, because Podense was also, on paper, was a very unlikely thing. And he was... Yeah. And you can see like, what he's doing in the Premier League right now. And Olympiakos got him from a technicality. So mm. if Olympiakos play are, are smart with the technicalities right now in this situation, with Solomon, with, uh, with Kvaratskelia, I think I got him right. Yeah. No? 
it's about the technicalities right now. And it's also about who are these people's agents? We don't yeah. want to talk yeah. about that so much, but who are the agents of some of these Brazilian kids? Are they Portuguese? I wonder who Olympiacos likes who's Portuguese. You know what I mean? It, it, that's Let's talk about Podense. Let's talk about the agent who brought Podense to Olympiacos. Like, um, that is how you get a player like this who have, like, a lot of teams in Europe are going to be calling the phone number of his agent. Well, do you have a relationship with the agent? Do you have a relationship you can build? Can you sell something to the player? Can you sell something to the agent? Look, you're coming to Olympiacos for what? To make the next step. You're coming to Olympiacos for what? We'll sell you when the time comes. So yeah. it, it, it's just like, is Olympiacos positioned with an agent, with some of these players to make that sort of deal? I don't know if they are. We'll have to see. For the record, if you go to his transfer mart page, there is no agent listed contrary to all the other players that we're looking at. Um, so I don't know if it's some shady Russian Georgian business there, but, um, but yeah, it is really, I mean, I, I give it some, I don't know. I, I want to say I give it some chances because it does have that kind of Padense vibe to it, this, this player, but, but, you know, should be playing in a better league, but like Costa said, Padense too should have gone to a better league. But we had the yeah. connection with a certain George Mendes uh, that we, you know, took advantage of. But but this is uh if anyone from Olympiagos is listening, make it happen guys. Like go for it. You know, don't 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 think twice. Don't think twice. Yeah. This is this is the target. This is the but target. There's a ton of these players like there's the Brazilians, there's the also another player who we weren't going to talk about, uh, Jedvac. Do you remember this guy, the Croatian defender? He plays uh, at Lokomotiv Moscow. He just left um, Bayer Leverkusen. That's a 25-year-old Croatian defender, central defender, quite quick, tall, strong. There's so many opportunities there. It's just like, Olympia, let's be real, Olympiakos is not the top choice for the players who are crackling through, but you're, all these fucking players are dropping on everyone in Europe's head. Can Olympiacos get in there and grab the one who's slipped through the crack? You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be Malcolm. It's not going to be David Neres. But is it going to be, boom, there's going to be one of those Brazilians. We know the agent. Let's make the call. And we sort it out, you know? That's how this is going to work, if it's going to work at all. So is Kavicha one of those guys? I just don't think so because he's worth almost 20 million euros, I think. They were asking for 30, I think, the Russian team in the summer. So They're going to get zero now. They're going to get zero, goddamn right. They're going to get zero. And he also put an anti-war post on his Instagram. So I bet you the Russians don't love him very much. So, uh, yeah, you may be one of those guys Good looking on. for the flights Good to on. wherever the hell he's going to get out of, <gasps> uh, out of there. From, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, Okay. Costa, realistic, unrealistic? Uh, there's no, I mean, if he becomes a free agent, I don't know, 15%? If he becomes it, a free agent? I give five, five, five. Okay. So. I'm going to be, yeah, 20%, 15, okay. 20%. Okay. All right. Next one is. Vanderson, you wanted to do a quick one on this level. Yeah, right? Vanderson, just because we saw him in person just a few years ago. Uh, Vanderson, the skillful winger of Krasnodar, the Brazilian, but with a Belgian passport, 
He's been around Krasnodar for a while now. He left the country after they suspended his contract and he's signing for Internacional in Brazil for the foreseeable future, like almost like a loan type thing. It's because the Brazilians start their championship in three to four weeks. So he's going to get playing time over the summer. He wanted playing time right away. But this is a player, if he's available, he's a nice player. I don't know whether he wants to go back to Brazil. He's only 26, 27 years old. But a player we really liked. Um, yeah, low prob- probability, though. 5%, 2%, I say. Very low, but a nice player. I remember him, but I also remember, what was it, Mamadov was the name of the other Yeah, they wing? had a young Russian. They had two ru- young Russians who played very well. In, in, I remember um, him. I remember yeah. him. He was shit hot. Doesn't Van, yeah. Did Vanderson play left back? No, he played that? left wing because they played Christian Ramirez, who's another player we have mm. on our list at left back. Christian Ramirez is a 27-year-old Ecuadorian international, but also holds a Russian passport, Mother Russia. And so uh, he is a player who is also had, even though he's a Russian citizen, from what I've read, for living in Russia for five, six years now, um, had his contract suspended, basically was told to fuck right off by Krasnodar. So he's up to grabs. Um, was a decent left back against us. I didn't remember him being all that great, but he's got a hell of a lot of caps for them. Played there for five years. Seems just a solid left back, solid performer. Um, he's available. Nice age profile, 27, 28. That's a name to... I'd give it 10, 15%. I think the only problem is he, some like uh, very bad at defense. Yeah, he was not very good at defense. But again, guys, Kenny Lala doesn't play defense. But anyway, I I, uh, I continue. Um, yeah, where was I? Yeah, he's a decent player. Olympiacos needs a fullback. Maybe they make the call, but... What I was saying, yes, doesn't have a European passport. He's Ecuadorian and Russian. He doesn't have either passport, which means he would take up a foreign spot. Does Olympiacos want to give a foreign spot to Christian Ramirez? Maybe not. So that's low on the list. Okay. Still, it's another one on the list in terms of wingbacks. But yeah. I don't know. If he's good yeah. enough, I mean, we talked about competition. No, Rapchuk needs yeah. competition, and he needs good competition. Yeah. yeah. Last one, I think, guys. Thomas Getziora. This one was your one, Costa. Well, uh, this is probably uh, the most unrealistic and the most difficult. Let's say if Vigilis Marinakis agrees and he would like to bring him, well, that'd be the most difficult situation. And with that... I would like to start by saying that it is extremely important that um, Russia's unjust invasion of Ukraine needs to come to an end extremely quickly. You're going to find out later why I'm saying this right now and why it is very, very important. Tomas Kedziora currently plays for Dynamo Kiev with a contract until 2024. He's only 27 years old. We went through the importance of adding youth. And it can play as a right-back, left-back, and center-back. So pretty much everywhere in defense. That means he could provide tremendous competition for Lala and Rebchuk, who have been seriously lacking and are in dire need of some spark under their asses. Started his career at Lech Poznan in 2012 and amassed a total of 151 appearances until he left for Dynamo Kiev in 2017. 
There, before the war, he has made 180 appearances across all competitions. He's also Poland international with 26 caps under his belt and made the Euro 2020 squad. He could be in line for the World Cup playoff qualifiers if everything go well and the World Cup if Poland make it through. However, as some of you may remember, uh, Matty Cash, he celebrated a goal and dedicated his goal to Kedziora because Kedziora is still in Kiev, which is under siege uh, during Russia's unjust invasion. And obviously, he would have to get out of Kiev first and get out. Mm. So thoughts with that, I would like to express my thoughts to Kedziora, his family, his friends, and all the people of Ukraine, which in my opinion, all the people in Ukraine have proven to be lions during this horrible mm. situation. Men, women, and children. They've proven to be yeah. absolute lions. True. I think all we can do is echo what you said, Costa, about the situation um, there. And I'm sure that is um, supported by the people watching, people yeah. listening as sanction well. Sanction the oligarch, sanction all of it. But this yeah. is not a political podcast. We're not here to discuss that, even though we, we all probably could. Um, <laughs> The only aspect we can talk about, and I've read it in the Ameri in the foreign media, is the Savidis angle. Like, what is happening there? Will there be a push to sanction him? And it's something that I'm I'm also wondering. I've been asking on social media because if international pressure, if pressure comes from Brussels saying you need to sanction Savidis, what happens to to Pauk? And this isn't. A uh, Russian oligarch who has no connection to Putin. He was in the parliament. He was an advisor to Putin. He, I do, that's opening a new can of worms. But I think there's real questions that need to be asked. Who is funding Pauk? Where does his money come from? Where does his money go to? Um, and where? Yeah, I I don't know. I'll leave it on that note. I don't want to go too far into it. But. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be best in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I think what we're keep taking from this episode is that Cabela and Clarison are by far the most realistic options yes. that we mentioned on football terms. By yes. far, mm -hmm. fortunately or unfortunately, we mentioned some really good names, especially at wing backs. I mean, gentlemen, you did a great job uh, with your with the research. Uh, I think I really really enjoyed this episode because of the background. That we all brought in this. Uh, definitely, if anyone from Olympiacos is watching, please keep in mind those wingbacks because we really yeah. fucking need one. At least one good we one. We could do. We could do with a wingback or two. Or yeah. three. Yeah. Or four. <laughs> some wingers. Some players that play on the flanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back from uh, back from retirement. But I think we made a really... I think fans need to keep this in mind. A technicality. It is a situation that we... All hope ends in the most peaceful and better manner possible. This this atrocity, this anomaly needs to end now, right now. Um, and when it comes to the technicalities of football, if Olympiacos, uh, if they can, if Olympiacos can do something with that, then all the power to them. Yeah, and I'll say one thing too: Kalasin and Remy Kabea are the most likely. Why? Because I think Olympiacos were already looking to sign both of these players because their contracts were running out in the summer. So I just think it has fast-forwarded the situation that was approaching in the summer. I think Remy Cabea has been on the list of Olympiacos for a long time. I think Klassen 
when you hear a Greek team is interested, i.e. Pauk in Klassen in the summer, I think that means another, I think the Greek teams in general, I think are interested in Klassen. So I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Klassen was also linked to Olympiakos this summer in some way. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the list. So I just think these transfers have been fast forward given the situation. I think Olympiakos would have been in for both of them, to be honest, in the summer. So if they yeah. pull it out, their their timeline has been rushed, which could be fantastic. Remy Cabea could be on Olympiakos player in a week and play for the team. Who knows? But it could help. But we'll see. Okay, guys. Very good. I uh, can again only echo what you guys said already. I think we've uh, we've gone through more than ten players in the end as well. We've picked up some some names that have been put in the chat as well. Adinos mentioning uh, Zahavi again. Is he only coming if El Arabi leaves? Let me just say something about El Arabi, and I'm I'm thinking the only player I can think of recently that we owned that didn't sign a contract extension that was ending between you know the end and sixth month period the last player that was in that situation was Omar El Abdelawi every other player that we keep we normally renew their contracts way in advance of that sixth month period of un, you know the unknown and the uncertain a player once you get to six months before the end of a contract is free to negotiate a new contract with another club to sign a pre-contract. El Arabi hasn't done that. And El Arabi has said that he feels connected with the club, he feels part of the history, he loves Olympiagos, etc. El Abdullah, we were saying the same things, guys. I'm not saying El Arabi is going to leave. I'm just stating the facts. Zahavi, I, we've said it before in a previous podcast, and I've said it personally, I loved what I saw from Zahavi uh, last season with PSV. And I know we have the same issues here to talk about in terms of his age, but he's still banging the goals. You know, I mean, he scored the PSV's fourth goal for the equaliser last week against Copenhagen. So if there's one thing guaranteed, is that this guy is going to score goals in Greece and he's scoring goals in Europe still. I think I think absolutely this is a player that would be a, a good a good replacement. And normally these kinds of players, the Darko Kovacevic types, the Yusef Alarabis, they work. They generally work for us. So I'm gonna leave it there. Now somebody's talking about Christian Pavon. <laughs> also another player that we've talked about in the past. And I'm gonna end with this one. Remember the goals Alarabi scored against Ayek. He just can't score similar goals from steals and one-on-one anymore. It's like his mind stuck or his legs are getting a bit slower and heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mano. But guys, you got something I think the rest of the team sucks. I, I don't think Abi gets good service anymore. And it's kind of just like, fuck it. What am I even doing with these losers anymore? So I think that's also an aspect. Henry Onyakuru passed the ball 10 meters behind me. What the fuck am I going to run for? You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> Like if I was at Larabi, I'd be look at like, look at his sake. Pop, oh, look at his... just killed another bird. God damn it! The population in Athens is going down just because of this guy. The city should make him a statue. Like you killed all the pigeons with your shitty crosses, mate. Says I'm just serving the community. I love it. anyway. 
And on that colourful note, please subscribe so that you don't miss more of Labros Irmo's legendary rants <laughs> as the one you just heard now. And also to keep up to date on all things Olympiacos, this has been our transfer special. Um, we are Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos and the red and white legends. Thank you for joining us. See you next time, guys. Go,